SBS Radio. The return following a racism ban of Adelaide Crows footballer Taylor Walker sparks criticism among the AFL community. A rehabilitation facility at the Central Coast will soon be offering a culturally safe space for First Nations women to go and heal from addictions. And in sports, this weekend's Australian Formula One Grand Prix will see racing return to Melbourne. The announcement that Adelaide Crows footballer Tail Walker will make his return following a racism ban has sparked criticism among the AFL community. Walker was handed a six-week suspension last August for making a racist remark about North Adelaide's Raby Young during SANFL game. On Wednesday, the Crows announced he would line up in this Sunday's match against Asadon. But questions are being asked whether Walker has learned anything during his time on the sidelines and whether the penalty was adequate. Tanisha Stenton reports for NITV News. It's been eight months since former Adelaide Crows captain Taylor Walker apologised publicly for a racist slur against North Adelaide's Robbie Young. I want to apologise to you and your family, to the Adelaide official and his family, to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and their communities. On Wednesday, the Crows announced he would line up in this Sunday's match against Essendon, but not everyone's impressed. Charlie King, veteran AFL commentator, was one of them. Well, we'll be for him and the club, but what's he learned? I, you know, this is, a, this is a bad case of racial abuse that he, he did last year. He's 30 years of age, 220 games with the club, then get six weeks off and learn what. Walker's comeback also sparked debate on social media, not only about his return, but the way the Crows announced it. Last year, veteran AFL commentator Charlie King suggested Taylor Walker play a bit of football in community somewhere as a way of understanding the impact of racism on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. The offer was declined. I mean, the Tiwi Islands here were calling for players to go out and be part of their rejuvenated competition. Great opportunity for him to go and live there for a couple of weeks. They didn't do it, and they just think that all of a sudden now we're all got to sit back and say, oh, well, that's good. He served six weeks, $20,000 fine. $20,000 fine to him is like $5 to us. Sharing his experience with racism on AFL 360 on Wednesday night, Crows great Eddie Betts said there was a lack of support at the club during his time. I speak about my experience a little bit at the Adelaide Crows when you know I was racially abused and there was no Indigenous Lisbon officers there and I needed someone to talk to because I was hurting um, and I was trying to be strong for these young Indigenous players and my family and, and all my um, people around Australia and I had a big smile on my face but I was drowning inside. Betts says while there isn't Indigenous voices offering education and guidance for clubs, they will continue to be unsafe environments for First Nations players. Meanwhile, another racism issue is consuming the AFL. After the revelation that former Hawthorne star Cyril Rioli walked away from the club due to ongoing racist behaviour and comments, 
The four-time Premiership player revealed that it was a comment by club president and former Victorian Premier Jeff Kennett that tipped him and his wife over the edge. UK footy host and former Collingwood and Richmond star Andrew Krakauer summed up the feeling of Indigenous players. This is behaviour that we've been putting up with all our lives. Sadly, in Cyril's case, he left us. Do not ask us or expect us to laugh in the face of racism and disrespect anymore. If you're making a joke, ask yourself, what am I laughing at? If we've got anything, we've got our pride. And if you threaten that, we will walk away. A rehabilitation facility will soon be offering a culturally safe space for First Nations women to go to heal from addictions. The facility on the central coast of New South Wales is an Australian first and is the result of years of hard work and lobbying by a visionary group of first of strong women. Chief Operating Officer Kylie Cassidy explains how the facility will operate. It's a really holistic, individualised style of care. So once a person comes through the door, we're not just treating the drug and alcohol. That's just part of their, their problem. So we really look at unpacking those traumas that led to that substance abuse. More than 250 years after they were taken from country, three spears belonging to the Guigal people are coming back to Australia for display today. The Guigal Spears were taken by Lieutenant James Cook when he landed at Botany Bay in 1770. He took them back to England, where he have more recently been held by the Cambridge Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology. The spears will be displayed alongside 37 other contemporary spears, representing the 40 that were taken away by the crew of the Endeavour. The display at the University of Sydney will run for three months before the spears are sent back to Cambridge. More residents in New South Wales have been ordered to evacuate their homes because of historic flooding in parts of the state. At least two dozen schools across New South Wales are closed today as the state continues to deal with more severe weather. Deputy State Emergency Services Commissioner Dan Austin says that it's critical that people keep updated with current weather conditions and warnings, particularly with school holidays about to begin. This is a highly dynamic situation. These events are moving exceptionally quickly. We ask them to be absolutely mindful of uh, not only the conditions that they face at home, but the conditions that they face uh, as they travel and the conditions that may occur uh, when they arrive at their destination. A man has died in a submerged car in floodwaters at Kobiti, southwest of Sydney, as New South Wales continues to manage record rainfall and floods. Parts of the state have received more than 200 millimetres of rain in the past 24 hours, with flooding in the Hawkesbury-Napien River catchment, causing particular concern in Sydney's southwest and northwest. More than 2,000 people are under 23 evacuation orders, while 16 evacuation warnings are affecting more than 1,700 people, with 38 flood rescues done in the past 24 hours. Acting Commissioner for the State Emergency Service, Dan Austin, says people need to take the advice of authorities seriously. We do expect to see those river levels continue to rise for some time before they start to ease back over the next 12 to 24 hours. So what that really means for us is that we will continue to have flooded waterways and flooded river systems 
for a number of days yet to come. So we ask people once again to be really mindful of their, their situation, their scenario, uh, what is going on around them, and to be across the warnings and the reports from the Bureau as to what is actually happening. The first three of 20 armoured military vehicles Australia is donating to Ukraine will be flown from Queensland today. Australia has agreed to supply Boschmaster vehicles in response to a direct request to the federal parliament from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky last week. The personal carriers have been painted olive green with a Ukrainian flag painted on either side and the words United with Ukraine stenciled on. Ukraine ambassador to Australia Vasil Miroshnichenko has thanked Australia for the support. It's going to be of great help to our personnel, military personnel in Ukraine, as well as there is one ambulance vehicle, which, which will be extremely helpful for us. Uh, Ukraine is a like-minded country for Australia. Uh, we do now understand, uh, and myself, I've just arrived two weeks ago, the concept of mateship. Russia has announced it's quitting the United Nations Human Rights Council in protest against the World Body General Assembly's move to suspend the country over its actions in Ukraine. Gen the General Assembly moved the motion after reports of gross and systematic violations and abuses of human rights by invading Russian troops in Ukrainian cities, including Bucha. 23 member states voted in favor of the US-led resolution, while 24 countries voted against and 58 abstained. Russia's UN ambassador Gennady Kuzmin told the General Assembly that countries that voted in favor of the resolution were guilty of rights abuses themselves. The Russian Federation considers the resolution adopted by the General Assembly on the suspension of the membership of the Russian Federation in the Human Rights Council as an illegitimate and politically motivated step with the aim of demonstratively punishing a sovereign member state of the UN conducting an independent domestic and foreign policy. Russia is just the second country to be suspended from the Human Rights Council after Libya in 2011. Thousands of indigenous Brazilians have marched in the country's capital, demanding better controls and protections for their lands and rights. Indigenous leaders and their supporters say the government of President Jair Bolsonaro has failed to control illegal, mi illegal mining and deforestation on the native reserves. Chanting and holding signs criticizing Bolsonaro They called for more indigenous representation in the parliament, where there are currently no indigenous elected officials. Among the protesters was Luoro Patakso, an indigenous leader from the Koroa Vermelha tribe. We are here to show the world that we are against mining on indigenous land, against the violence and all sorts of violations of our rights, and to show what the president is doing because what he is doing is genocidal. The march is part of the 18th annual Free Land Indigenous Camp that is back on the streets after two years of virtual meetings due to the pandemic. And to sports now. This weekend's Australian Formula One Grand Prix will see racing return to Melbourne after two-year absence due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And the Australian driver Daniel Ricciardo is hoping a special connection with an Indigenous artist will see a change of fortunes.
Tim Wharton reports for NITV News from Nam, Melbourne. Back home and ready to race again on Australian soil, Daniel Ricciardo has every reason to smile. I think once, once it's kind of gone, you realise how much you miss it. And that's, that's really the feeling. Um, and to be so close a couple years ago, and obviously we're all here ready to go. After a two-year absence due to the pandemic, Daniel Ricciardo can't wait for Sunday. And adding to the excitement of racing in Melbourne again, the McLaren driver has teamed up with celebrated Indigenous artist Rico Rennie with a specially designed helmet. I come up with the idea of paying, uh, you know, using the, the design of uh, the urban camouflage and then thinking about the Yarra River, which is also known as the Birrarung. Renowned for his flashy celebrations with his trademark shoey, Ricardo is a fan of his new look headgear. It is a piece of art and it's, uh, it's quite out there and wacky, so I immediately saw some of the pink and I was like, yep, I've been using quite a bit of pink, so this is, this is cool. Following Sunday's race, the signed helmet will be auctioned off to raise money for Queensland and New South Wales flood victims. And after a frustrating start to the F1 season, Ricardo also hopes it will bring him luck and a podium finish on Sunday. I got no drive. I don't have any points yet. I mean, there's only been two races, but uh, so to get in the points is, let's say, a start. That's like a bare minimum. Um, but yeah, I was like, I mean, realistically, the only thing that's probably going to make everyone happy is a podium. So, like, that's that's what I would love. Free practice begins tomorrow. All Ricardo needs now is a competitive car. One of the best women's boxing bouts ever. That's how some experts are describing the debut fight of Chanel Darkan, who took on Ashley Sims in Sydney this week. NITV's Natalie Ahmad has more. It was a brutal battle from the outset, with both fighters exchanging heavy blows. A Wiradjuri and Mananjali woman, Darkan was stepping into the ring for the first time as a professional, but you wouldn't have known it. Duggan and Sims, who's the wife of rugby league star Tariq Sims, both held sway at various times in the bout. In the end, though, the judges couldn't separate them, ruling it a draw. A rematch she is likely to be on the cards. And let's have a look at today's weather. Broome is mostly sunny with the tops of 38. Perth, shower or two developing, 26 degrees. Adelaide is mostly sunny and 27 degrees. Melbourne partly cloudy and 23. Hobart today is sunny with 21 degrees. Albury Wodonga shower or two with 22 degrees. Canberra also showers and 18. Wollongong rain and 21 degrees. Sydney can expect showers and there is a possibility of a storm, 22 degrees. Brisbane shower or two and 27. Townsville possible shower and 32 degrees. Cairns today partly cloudy and 32 degrees. Darwin is mostly sunny and 34 degrees. Alice Springs sunny and tops of 29. And Torres Strait Islands today are mostly sunny with a chance of a thunderstorm at night and 29 degrees. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.